0: hello everyone and welcome back to this it's thursday free episode of tf it's the free
1: one milo it's the exhausted free one
0: <laughs> yeah we're gonna you know, get you know
2: what's completely free and great for your body getting up at 5 a.m <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you sound really great. I'm looking forward to seeing what oh, your adult yeah. mind produces today.
2: Mm, absolutely, the riffs are going to get real nice.
0: Yep. <laughs> and uh, you're you're doing a little bit of like an after dark voice, like you're on like a Lonely Hearts <laughs> College. The riffs show. are going to get real nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're like, yeah, real nice, brother. Hey, <laughs> hey, Lonely <laughs> Podcast listeners, why don't you why don't you call into Loveline? My girlfriend is asleep about eight feet from me, so there's
2: going to be a bit of like kind of sexy baby voice here. Okay, oh,
0: <laughs> well. Uh, into this sort of i'd say uh, unpalatable ruckus uh i also would like to Mm -hmm. introduce our guest it is returning champion web3 is going great creator and the proprietor of the molly white newsletter which you can find at newsletter.mollywhite.net it's molly white how's it going
3: hello it's going well
0: yeah um and also uh we can say officially having read the uh Andreessen Horowitz, uh, 2023 State of Crypto newsletter, crypto seems to be better than ever. In fact, the declining uh, valuations and plummeting uh, sort of overall uh, use cases, plummeting business, plummeting interest actually is good when you just change the numbers to ones that you like.
3: It's remarkable. Yeah. Everything is going up and to the right and always has been.
2: (laughs) Honestly, that guy's readability has really fallen off since Stormbreaker.
0: If you start counting from uh, the time of the pharaohs, uh, the combined annual growth rate for Ethereum is actually upwards of 10,000%, which is very exciting for the community. Well, that was in Business Secrets of the Pharaohs. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely yeah, what right. What
1: are the three books? Everything they teach you in Harvard Business School, everything they don't teach you in Harvard mm-hmm. Business School, and Business Secrets of the Pharaohs. And t- Stormbreaker by Andreessen Horowitz. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna um, get like an Anthony Horowitz joke into like every single time we mention that guy.
2: We're gonna do it. At a certain point we we need a we need a venture capitalist who's named something very similar to like Owen Colfer
0: and then we can move on.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael Morpurgo, yeah. So <laughs> uh, we
0: we have a couple of things to talk about up front though. Um number one. Uh, the U.S. has engaged in some import substitution by creating a technology that has allowed them to home grow an AI version of Drake and the Weekend, which has, of course, cr- cratered uh-huh. Canada's last profitable industry, which is supporting <laughs> celebrities to the U.S., and the dollar yeah. is now in free fall. A- AI has finally gotten good enough to,
1: to do, like, a guy who sometimes sings and sometimes raps, and at that point it's over, you know? Yeah. Skynet For- real.
0: Yeah, it's uh, first it, Skynet uh, imitated some of the mumbliest, most formulaic uh, musicians of the hmm. uh, t- of the 2000s, and then it started the Terminators, and then it created the gray goo. First, it was Drake in the weekend uh, singing, and I listened to the song. It wasn't really mostly words; it was mostly just intonations. Uh, and you know Uh-oh. what? It's, after the softwood lumber trade dispute, I don't think Canada has an economy left. All we had yeah. was exporting celebs. To the U.S. Oh,
2: sorry. This this just in. Uh, AI Drake is going out with an underage VTuber. It's all over.
0: (laughs) Um, And also, the other thing that uh, I'd like to mention before we get into the main content, of course, is that uh, Elon Musk has yet another brilliant success. Uh, The Starship launch today, basically, fall down, Mister Bond. That he actually did it.
1: You know, uh, and and the great thing about this is that the kind of like with the um the great the great thing about low expectations, what they wanted to do with this one was like just get it off the pad and then crash it into the ocean. What they actually did was get it off the pad, explode, and like pelt a bunch of shit with like concrete shards and dirt. Um,
3: I think it's important to mention this- that it wasn't an explosion; it was a rapid unscheduled disassembly. I think <laughs> Elon Musk would like yes, you to be yeah. very clear about that. <laughs>
1: yeah well the well, the New York Times headline on this was that it, it it didn't meet all of its most ambitious goals and then exploded which... it, didn't,
3: it didn't meet the least <laughs> ambitious ones either <laughs> yeah,
0: not exploding was pretty low down the list mm-hmm. well, i think you you could say that about a lot of uh you know very uh, impactful organizations they they didn't necessarily meet all of their goals, but you know we are still talking about the Heavens Gate people <laughs> yeah uh you know waco lives
2: on in our collective imagination how else are you gonna get into heaven i tell you what before that it
0: was eye of the needle and that shit was very inconvenient uh no but the what i think is very funny is the the overall mood of the of the tech press when talking about the starship explosion has been actually pretty similar to the way that the andreessen horowitz state of crypto report talks about crypto which is essentially that um all these things that, see, that look like they're going wrong are actually good. And because the technology press is deeply, deeply uncritical, they've largely been repeating the press release from SpaceX that this thing is good. It's good that this happened. Let's not look into the fact that we fired like half of the engineering staff six months ago, which, by the way, yeah, they did I mean- do.
2: If you look at Maslow's hierarchy of explosions, this is the kind of basic explosion that you need to get things going. I mean, look, the Big Bang was an explosion, and without that, we wouldn't have AI Drake. So, you know, think about that.
0: Yeah, that's right. Not, not even, not even would we have Elon Musk. Um, mm. But it's, no, that is true. Uh,
3: that would be a shame.
0: All right, all right. En- enough of that. Enough of that foolishness and, you know, the frankly disgusting line of thinking. Uh, <laughs> I-, I want to turn away from. Uh, from the childish news. things, yeah, 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 exactly. We want to like do serious adult podcasts. Yeah, um, that's right. All right, hit me with yeah. it. What do we it, got? Well, it, we have crypto GPT, a startup that <laughs> combines <laughs> the previous. The, the adults things. are back
1: in the room. Serious ideas only. Uh, what yeah. if we? What if we did two great tastes that taste great together? Um, it, uh, fucking AI and and crypto, brilliant. That is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's crypto is Greece to AI's Rome. I mean, uh, the the yeah. thing is right I I think about this um at, at, like these are the two great houses of scam that we have in our current economy right and like you know two houses alike in dignity and like ai is not entirely a scam it's like very overhyped crypto is entirely a scam they're both sitting across from each other like two like opposing castles and then just in the middle of those falling into the swamp we have the shack that was the metaverse <laughs> just
0: just a, a dog that didn't just fail to bark, but then, like, when trying to bark, choked on a pine cone. Just, just the greatest thing in the entire world <laughs> that didn't meet its most ambitious goals and then explode. <laughs> Look, it's it never really cracked legs, but boy, did dozens of people have a weird meeting. Yeah, a paraplegic <laughs> dog. Uh, yeah, so this is this is crypto GPT, the first of the two things. Uh huh. Yeah, it is promises an AI revolution for billions of users. Uh Molly, have you seen CryptoGPT?
3: Unfortunately, I have.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so, uh, for for you other two, you other two jokers, have you seen CryptoGPT? No. What what the fuck does it do? Does it like tell you what crypto to
1: invest in based on like ChatGPT or what? Like
0: Oh, no, that would be far too reasonable of a use case. Milo Okay, wait, hang on.
2: It's going to be doing something dumber than that. It's going to be like... uh, It's going to put your new AI-generated version of Brian Adams on the blockchain so that you can copyright it.
0: Weirdly, that's closer than what Alice said. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually closer to the reality of what it is. Oh, good. Yeah, basically... It uh, it looks at it looks at the at the AI requirements, right? Where most of the, I mean, not if you listen to Sam Altman, who said that the time of the large language model is dead. Guess what comes next? I guess we need billions more dollars to work it out.
1: <laughs> Just to be like, now is the time of monsters, you know? Yeah, now, now
0: is the time of the of the little language model. Yeah. Yeah. Knows now is the words time of AD. AI. Avril Lavigne. <laughs>
1: We're going back to Eliza. It, I mean, fuck, isn't Eliza a small language model? Uh, yeah, we're just doing that, you know? It just repeats your, your shit back to you. Yeah, how do you feel about now is time of monsters?
0: <laughs> uh, pretty good. You know, uh, so, basically, it, that that the whole main requirement of large language models is a large amount of information, right? Or not just large language models, but really any AI uh, model, because its whole use case is it says, or it claims to, we will find the hidden structures in the thing that you give us. Um, and so it's like, okay, well, if we're going to create some kind of AI enabled fitness device, we need huge amounts of like people's running data and other various things, right? And the, of course, the crypto solution to every problem is just more transactions. If there are more transactions, there's more freedom, and we can square that conceptual circle of uh, AI requiring mass surveillance at sort of no real benefit to the people being surveilled by saying, hey, what if? We created NFTs of little robots in pillboxes. And then people just strapped surveillance devices to themselves and every digital object they own basically forever. So they oh, could Cop juice... Oh, is real. We're all yeah. going to be wearing body cams. Cool. <laughs> that's okay. So, that's, uh, that's as I understand that. Is, that is Have I basically gotten the premise right, Molly?
3: Yeah, that's about right. It's sort of taking the own-your-own-data wet dream of a lot of the Web3 world and saying, oh, but what if we added AI to it? Uh, mm. And you can now profit from your data somehow.
1: Didn't they try and do this with Google Glass like fucking ten years ago or however many years ago it was and then everyone hated it and they just, yeah. you know. Yeah, they did cool. and it only fell short of its most ambitious goals. Yeah, and one guy got like hate crimed in a bar for wearing Google Glass, which was great. It was like a, like the anti-tech hate crime. Was, Google Glassed.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> the, the the ad copy says you can use our apps in fitness, dating, games, and education. Crypto GPT.
2: Can we just? Can I just flag that up as? It...
0: Yeah, I don't yeah, understand. You're like
1: how... How looking across the table into your date's face, which has been replaced by like the ape that you own as an
0: NFT. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's so you. Can, it can enable you to have an emotion about the person.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. Yeah. You're, sure. You, you feel like you just want to go spend some time with your remaining apes. Have you ever dreamed of fucking the ape? I mean, the dating one is weird because I, I feel like there's a bit of a Bader Meinhof phenomenon that I'm experiencing. Where oh, where you start
1: kidnapping executives and shit, yeah,
0: I love yeah, that. You phenomenon. want to blow
1: up stuff in West Germany, <laughs> get, wear a lot of turtlenecks, get like very European submachine guns, yeah, I, I yeah. fuck it. We should we mm. should do more bader Meinhof effect. Sounds cool as fuck.
0: I end up being photographed by Gerhard Richter towards the end of my life. Um, yeah, no, accidentally no. inspire Helmut Newton
1: to do a series of big nudes that like uh, inadvertently really inspire my transition. Yeah, the the Meinhof <laughs> effect. Mm. That's more of kind of like the bader Meinhof butterfly effect but still
0: no uh, in this case uh, it's there was another um another uh ai app that is supposed to like help you be charming called Riz or something and it's an, it's a google glass <laughs> so but bad. like for one of the no it's a google glass but for one of the plot lines of like early season black mirror where john ham basically like tells you how to fuck but this time it's chat gpt telling you you know how to how, how basically being a dating coach that lives in your glasses and uh, anyone you're talking to will see that your eyes aren't meeting theirs and you're just reading oh, cool. it are just, just playing watching, like, dialogue. Yeah, you're just watching
1: Rocco Sofredi or whatever.
3: The next evolution of this will be to bring in that AI that changes your video so it looks like you're making eye contact. They can just put that onto the glasses, uh, lenses, and then there will be no issue.
2: Look, yeah, I- Don Draper's
0: up there and he's like, how about this? Sex. It's an unplanned explosion. Uh, we could. T- I think we could. We could put the whole thing on top of one of the Boston Dynamics dogs. Just re- <laughs> mm. you know, really take the people out of the date. Yeah, experience. take the people
3: out of the equation, and the dogs can date each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's legal now.
2: You can. your fucking dogs can get married now. Two,
1: two Boston Dynamics dogs doing the spaghetti scene from Lady and the Tramp on <laughs> each other with
3: glasses that allow them to make just unbreaking eye contact.
1: Yeah, yeah, gorgeous! What mm. a great use of two systems, which both require incredible amounts of computing power. Mm. I got, I got this really powerful car. That's why I'm driving it with the handbrake on to like show everybody how powerful
0: this. Basically, well, so what happens, right, is you get in with, um, you know, crypto GPT, uh, You have it surveil basically everything you do, and then they, here's what they say. AI algorithms need your data. And currently, big tech firms monetize this to become trillion dollar corporations. But now it's your turn. That's right. The CryptoGPT ecosystem lets you build your data capsule so AI development requests, requests can use it only with your permission and for the amount of money you want. And then they like, based on how common your attributes are, they assign you a rarity like a human Pokemon card. And you're more expensive the rarer you are. So the more yes. outlandish things you do, uh-huh. it seems, the higher value your data is. Alice, you're gonna
2: make a lot of money out of this. I was, I'm, just I'm gonna, gonna, call gonna that say, right the yeah,
0: yeah. This is this is designed
1: for me. You know, uh, <laughs> the person who absolutely baffles any kind of like predictive algorithm on what I'm gonna do or buy or say next. So. Yeah,
2: if you really need data on a woman who's getting stamped on while wearing a Polish army sniper's uniform <laughs> that was uh, mismade in 1993 <laughs> to have quite, not quite the correct camo pattern.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so who wouldn't? It- <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't want to market to that market of one? The target demo, it's her. <laughs> this, this data is very expensive, but it's only one source. <laughs> yeah, crucially, it's, it's like, it's not useful, but it is expensive. Mm. So, well, their their uh, slogan is, I earn, like as, my apes. Is, earn <laughs> as you live, every day becomes rewarding, which it wasn't before. Well, did, did AI also write the slogan? <laughs>
3: my life has no meaning.
0: <laughs> my... My life had no meaning until I I replaced all of until I allowed my dates to all be surveilled so they could be like packaged up and resold to match.com. I do like that this
3: system both incentivizes uh, dating, apparently, and also being as weird as humanly possible so that your data is more valuable. Those two things should definitely go together.
0: You know what it is? It's for theater kids. It's for (laughs) theater kids to make money from being weird.
3: There is a market there,
0: Oh, no, yeah, that's yeah. right. previously before that you had to get into like sketch comedy he's <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, on that so 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 that's that's crypto gpt very funny um I, the, the the last thing actually I'll say on it is it is very amusing to see tech people completely misunderstand why these things work and are popular, um much as uh the 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 theory right is that all of these trillion dollar companies exist because they offered a service that did that that was um the only one available where there wasn't one with more consumer choice available and so based on the crypto ideology you are going to if you if you just create a space that has consumer choice built into it that it will necessarily win because everyone just wants to transact as much as possible because the amount of freedom in the world seems to be directly proportional to the number of transactions the amount of you might say like almost like a Hegelian type of recognizing humans as free and equal and your your own life is having like worth and purpose is just a function of transacting that's all functions of transacting for me yeah <laughs> but it's it's so ideological in such a bizarre way because it's something that doesn't actually work in the real market because of things like network effects, because of things like social behavior. But because these, these crypto developers can't stop imagining people as perfectly alienated market participant homo economicuses who just fucking love to transact, they keep on making these very, very strange projects that offer something that nobody really seems to actually want. I don't, mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, that's classic, like, VC shit, right? It's just imposing this
1: stuff on you, and now you're like, oh, I have to drink my verification can of Red Bull before I, like, get into my email or whatever.
3: There's also this really weird sort of imbalance around the, the motivations behind it, because, like, they all acknowledge that the problem that has led to them needing to develop this solution is that AI companies are just scraping the internet and other sort of freely available sources of data And so they say, oh, well, what if you were getting paid for your data, while also acknowledging that AI companies have no reason to do that, because they're just scraping all this freely available data. And so it's like, wouldn't it be great if you got paid for it? And they're like, yeah, it would be great. And then there's like, complete recognition of the fact that there is no one who is going to pay for that data.
0: Of course, like every major crypto project, right? What you have to remember is that really the use case isn't the use case. It makes no right. s- what we've just described makes no sense. It would never work. The actual use case of every project like this is that they say, Hey, you first buy our token and then stake it in the validator vault, and then you can like and then you can farm earnings by validating transactions. And so but you've you farm earnings in the native token. So what really is they're they're saying is I hope a few people give us a few hundred thousand dollars to buy our quote unquote utility token because they believe the story that um, if you create personal choice in the uh, world of big data and AI, that it will necessarily become a core part of that industry.
3: Right. Right. That, that and VC funding. That's the other one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those two. Which I think, basically-
3: think CryptoGPT has already landed their uh, VC funding. So congratulations. Yeah. They've done it.
0: Yeah. So that's fine. Uh, they have already won. Doesn't matter that the thing that they're selling uh, doesn't, like, is clearly a ridiculous idea. So before we get, though, into the uh, state of, of crypto report, I want to talk about one more thing, uh, one more thing, which is uh, the recent hearings uh, that the SEC has been conducting on, uh, on crypto as securities, on regulation. Uh, and more specifically, uh, Gary Gensler getting dragged up in front of the U.S. House of Representatives, which has created another one of my favorite fucking situations that ever happened, mm-hmm. which is some Florida Republicans ask a serious, yeah, ask a serious person some interesting questions. <laughs> yeah. How do I turn on my email? And we have, look, is do we have a new Stoobie? I don't know if we have a new Stoobie, but we definitely have a very fun new character to enter into the Pantheon who I'm very excited to see what he does next. Um so just just to to introduce things uh generally, the overall tone of the of the of the hearings, essentially from um from from Republicans largely, were basically that, hey, you can't regulate by enforcement. Basically you can't just regulate these things as though they're securities without without saying their securities they say you're punishing digital asset firms this is patrick mchenry republican from north carolina uh noted bowtie dipshit (laughs) yeah you're i mean with the name who could avoid it you're punishing digital asset firms for allegedly not adhering to the law where you where they don't know if it will apply to them and you know it's just like the only argument just seems to be like oh what me oh was i dealing an unlicensed security oh oh my i had no idea what you are? Do you mean that that this this utility token that I was selling to vote on my platform to see what shoes lace colors the Manchester United team would come out in? Are you saying to me that was the security the whole time? And that seems to have been the consensus among the uh, Republican side of that particular hearing. The U.S. government would have you believe that this uh, uh, completely uncontrolled distribution of highly volatile assets was some kind of unregulated security. (laughs) Now, I mean, what was your main takeaway? I mean, we're going to talk about um, uh, Byron Donalds, but what was your sort of main takeaway, Molly, from sort of viewing these hearings? Because I know you were following them.
3: Yes, Um, I mean, it was the sort of performative stuff that we tend to see in a lot of these hearings where there was just a lot of... Uh, acting for the camera, I think, where, you know, most of the questions were not truly intended for Gary Gensler. And in many cases, he was not even allowed to answer them. Uh, But the, you know, various Congress people were playing to their constituents. And that meant that the Republicans spent most of the time expressing shock and horror that the SEC might dare try to regulate something so innovative and, you know, society changing as crypto. And then on the other hand, the Democrats uh, basically just thanking Gary Gensler and looking kind of sorry that he had to be
0: there. (laughs) (laughs) What's really funny, though, right, is that, you know, who's playing two different sides of the same tune is the Republicans in the states and the Tories here. Because Coinbase, after that hearing, has now like Brian Armstrong, uh, noted thumb, has said, uh, oh, that's it we're leaving the U.S. because they're not going to create, because basically the rule of, hey, you can't use it for crimes and you do have to follow the law. They were like, oh, we couldn't possibly operate in these circumstances. (laughs) So all those times we were saying, please regulate us, please regulate us. What we hoped what you would do was put up a big barrier to entry around our industry. But instead, you've told us that we can't do the main thing that our industry does. So we're going to performatively talk about moving to the U.K., which has said to Coinbase, "Ooh, we'd love to have you here because the be because
1: yeah primarily scam based economy uh and, and like this is the thing it's between us and canada now that canada has lost drake yeah yeah yeah
2: okay a crypto moving to the uk is a rare case of a sinking ship fleeing onto a rat <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah and there were several congress people who basically said that it would be impossible for any crypto company to comply with existing regulations and it's like Yes, that is the problem. You have identified the problem here.
0: <laughs> well, look, we c- we we just don't really have a business if we're not allowed to, you know, do stuff that they used to do with stocks in 1927. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen, if, it-
1: if if we if we can't sort of like if we can't do these things that evade regulation, we don't have a business model, and that doesn't indict the business model because uh, freedom, yeah,
0: that, yeah, p- consumer choice.
2: Mm -hmm. Now, listen, as you can see from these braces I'm wearing in my head, it's still 1927. And so this method of trading securities will never
0: go wrong. (laughs) So like Brian Armstrong is already coming to the UK and meeting our senior politicians. Uh, So this he said meeting uh, economic secretary Andrew Griffith said the UK is moving fast on sensible crypto regulation to both drive economic growth and consumer protection. Excited to keep investing in UK in the UK. So I guess what we can conclude is Lex Greenshill is going to be removed from his human hunting estate. We're gonna to have to give it to Brian Armstrong, who's not even gonna use it. <clears throat> they've gotta they've gotta bring Matt Hancock back.
3: Have you seen that um Coinbase uh documentary, I think it was, or maybe it was the book about <gasps> oh. him where it, Oh we have. There was like this weird uh There's like one interesting scene in it, which is when uh, they wanted to bring all their employees to a retreat where they would have to kill their own food. And someone was like, "Uh, no, let's not do that. And the biographer was like, and that's how that ended and just moved right on. And I was like, no, 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 no. Can we go back to that quick little uh, montage? I want to know a lot more about what was going on there.
0: Yeah. Weirdly, there was a job opening at Coinbase the following week.
2: Look, we never said we were going to eat people. All we were saying is there's a kill your own food retreat and everyone is locked in a sealed room.
0: <laughs> uh, so the the high point, though, of the crypto hearing uh, came from Byron Donald's Republican from Florida, much like Greg Stubbe.
2: Byron Donald's an unholy marriage of two uh, dignified burger houses.
0: You said that the players <laughs> in the digital asset space don't have a choice, that they have to comply with the rules. Again, much like the normal asset space. But once mm. again, Congress has never given you a framework for regulating digital assets. Where are you pulling that mm. one from? Um, which again, like if it looks like a security and talks like a security, quacks like a security, the SEC then can it's not it. because it's on the computer. Yeah, exactly. This is this is computer. Eat this is data. Poop. Congress painted with a broad brush in thirty-three and thirty-four, but not twenty-three. We've not touched it into new industry, and then. Using the rest of his time, Donald said, hey, quick question. I think it might have come up. It's so cool that, like, American
1: politics is great that you just get to be like, oh, sorry, you're the head of the SEC. You have to be, like, ritually humiliated for something that doesn't really apply to your job, isn't going to change anything. But you just have to be on TV and a bunch of guys are going to have to be like, yeah, no, no, in the 30s or whatever.
0: Cool. Yeah, you, know, you, you have to. That's, that's the price that you pay for being prominent in a powerful American industry. Yeah, and is the that you only have, price. Yeah, for sure. that's, that's the one price that you pay as a prominent regulator or industry player, is that for like two hours every two years, you have to go and like entertain Byron Donalds and Greg Stuby? That's the price. Uh, but Donalds, this is his last question. This was great. Hey, quick question. I think it might have come up. Uh, Number one, just going into it casually like, oh, yeah, just one Uh more thing like Columbo. This
3: is also the last (laughs) question of the hearing. This is where it ended.
2: It's so funny at a Senate
0: hearing to begin with. Hey, quick question. (laughs) As, as the, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but like uh yeah. <laughs> no worries if not, but you were Hillary Clinton's CFO in the campaign. Did you facilitate payment for the C, the Steel dossier since you were CFO of the Clinton campaign? Yes or no? Yes or no. The yes or he does repeat the yes or no. But the the fucking the steel dossier?
1: I haven't thought about that in like five years. Jesus Christ. That was the, the like um the the like alleged proof that Trump got fucking pissed on. I who who is still thinking about this besides Byron McDonalds? I mean, look now mm. we all are. We're talking about uh, true, it. True, true. That's true. I mean, I'm I'm still you know P type real. I believe that. Um, it, but mm. like that's so funny though to be like. Yeah, a bunch of questions about what you're ostensibly here for, sort of, and then at the end, what was it like when you killed Seth Rich, hoping to get him because you have him under oath at that point, and he's yeah. just going to be like, yeah, chill.
0: Oh damn, fuck.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, those those two Russian uh, those two Russian sex workers were wearing uh, body cams because they were participating in a uh, AI
0: experiment.
3: They were to sell trying their to be data. as weird as possible to make their data more yeah. pricey. <laughs>
1: It doesn't right. get much more weird than pissing on Trump in a Russian hotel room. I, I will say Trump that got
2: pissed on by the Boston Dynamics <laughs> dog. It
0: is it is just very amusing. He I guess you know what it was is he was just like all right this is my chance to get one of those global homo sickos under oath. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna yeah. see I'm just he gonna thought flip. he was gonna crack
1: the whole yeah. thing wide open.
0: <laughs> so clearly Byron McDonalds just was like all right I'm going to flip back through every conservative like bugbear issue. <laughs> He like like Russia <laughs> yeah.
2: I like how I've infected everyone
0: with calling him Byron McDonald. No, that's just <laughs> his name now. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm afraid you misspelled it on your thread, Molly. Um... Uh, <laughs> Where, but just of the like, let's going back to be like, all right, was he involved in Dominion voting uh, records? Fuck no. All right, Lev Parnas. Ah, god damn it, no. Okay, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, the, he was CFO of the Clinton campaign, so I guess he would have. Was he involved? Any of the Pizzagate emails? No. Okay, here it is. steel dossier. That's what I'm going to get him on.
2: Well, Byron McDonald's doesn't eat pizza. He's a burger man to the court. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, Gensler just says, that's not something, and then gets tr- and is interrupted by Byron McDonald's, who says, you are under oath, Chairman Gensler, yes or no? D- did you order the code red? <laughs> uh, did you
1: pay this British, this, like, former SIS operative for, like, uh, a, a dossier saying that Trump got pissed on?
0: It's a financial Uh, services committee meeting. This
1: is the Trump piss tape. Do try not to lose
0: it. (laughs) Do try not to buy it with with funds directly from the Hillary Clinton campaign (laughs) organized by Gary Gensler, (laughs) just in case he becomes the head of the SEC and is then questioned under oath about something completely unrelated by an idiot from Florida. I absolutely love... I absolutely love, like... We don't generate Stoobies over here. you got to understand <laughs> no. that.
3: Well, Florida is known British for British
0: politics is dumb in a much more subtle way. Yeah. We just... We are so... We have a, an enormous Stoobie gap uh, between the UK and the US, and every year... Imagine the British
1: kind of, like, version of this gotcha question. It would be like fucking Lee Anderson asking to see your grocery bill. Like... It's just shit and dismal. Whereas this, this is like high camp. I really like it. The one positive thing about a huge Stuby gap is that you can
2: fill
0: it with just one Stuby. He's a very big guy. <laughs> That's right. He's a huge dude. Um, all right. All right. I want to get on to our main topic now and talk about the state of crypto report. Everyone remember crypto? It seems to be still around. Um, mm. This oh, was the, uh, the intro on the Andreessen Horowitz. And to remind everyone, Andreessen Horowitz is, of course, a huge investor in various crypto projects and coins and has made quite a bit of money by promoting them and getting, being like, oh, we're not owning the company. We've just invested in its utility coin to grow the community. And by the way, now that utility coin is worth a huge amount of money, we're going to sell our valuable utility token to you for some of your worthless American money, which we would we will mm. take. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's right. They're, well, they they control all of the money from the Alex Rider series of books, and they have to invest it somewhere. And the most sensible place is utility tokens.
0: So
1: yeah, envisioning the shape of this sort of business structure, and it's something that like sort of tapers to a very distinct point—a point that's really noticeable if you saw it in a photograph, for instance.
0: Yeah, Mark Andreessen's mm.
1: head. Yeah, yes. Thank you. I, uh, I was trying to oh, be a bit oh. subtle about that, when you're like, "Oh yeah," because he's got a fucking—he's got a weird shaped head, Mark Andreessen. And he does, yeah. to be he does. The
0: Humpty Dumpty of VC shit. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So this is what they say on their website. They say emerging technologies... So our, our guy's got a weird shaped head. Weird they <laughs> all like... All <laughs> yes. the king's horses and all the king's Florida <laughs> man. His data is worth <laughs> yes. so much money in the head market.
3: Specifically his head data.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You go to AndreessenHorowitz.com and it's like, uh, you know, our staff, our partners, careers, and then there's like a one vertical that's like Mark's weird-shaped head. Uh <laughs> so, just click on that, get some information.
0: Yeah, the the state of Mark's Head 2023, still pointy after all these years. Um, so it says, Emerging technologies evolve in cycles. And in crypto, this includes periods of high activity, followed by so-called crypto winters. In the period marked by our now annual state of crypto Amazing. report, it would be easy for a casual observer to overlook the rapid progress the crypto industry is making. Major, yeah, developments, casuals. major developments, like the merge, a momentous achievement in decentralized and open source development, don't, don't simply don't make head, headlines as often as high profile bankruptcies, busts, and flameouts. Right. Which like, is like, absolutely the news be good?
3: not true. <laughs> like, yeah. I had to start a whole website because they weren't
0: doing that. <laughs> yeah, if you look at the mainstream press, it's it's just, especially when like the number go up, they were just deliriously excited about the number go up. Yeah,
1: you have to have. Such Matt Damon a, shows up on your TV, or Mark Warburg, Yeah, one
2: two, we don't bought record.
0: we bought an ape to go yeah. in our zoo. Just like, <laughs> uh, and to the I imagine like the amount of just self pitying that these VCs would have to do in order to write this and believe it is. Astonishing to me. It's not astonishing because the venture capitalist is the world's most self-pitying life form. But yeah, nevertheless... A lot of
2: single-tier reacts in pointy head chat this week. Mm-hmm.
0: But also, I like that they talk about the merge because they use uh, probably my favorite uh, misleading comparative metaphor to talk about how much less uh, power the Ethereum network is, is using. Which I'll let hmm. Molly describe because I, I, I know she'll get a kick out of it.
3: <laughs> they did some of the most incredible data manipulation in the slide about the energy usage of uh, Ethereum now by taking the electricity consumption, the annualized energy consumption, and then converting it into a height, (laughs) which they then said basically that if the annual Ethereum energy consumption was half a penny tall (laughs) you following me then Uh then the youtube energy consumption would be the height of the burj khalifa (laughs)
1: incredible which is
3: like apparently there's no way to visualize energy consumption such as say i don't know the amount of electricity it takes to power a house or to keep a country uh, supplied with electricity they had to instead convert it into a totally different unit (laughs) and then create these insane graphics based on data that was drawn from some of the most bizarro uh sources ever to say that youtube is actually the problem here because they didn't want to impugn bitcoin
1: (laughs) (laughs) To, to me all crypto is beta
0: manipulation
2: According to data drawn from body cams worn by these two Russian women, we can confidently state. <laughs> uh,
0: so the the other thing, right, is, is you say this is it's basically horrible data. I, I've seen how it it's they basically just made up the number. But then they cited it from someone who was like, we definitely didn't make up the number. And they were like, good enough for us. Yes. Uh, so this is this is the level that we're looking at in this report. But it is it is absolutely delightful. I actually listened
3: 20- to the podcast sort of cover of this, like where A16Z did a podcast to discuss this. And they start out the podcast by completely disclaiming all of the data in this report, saying that they did not fact check any of it independently and that it could be totally wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, fact checking, that's cool. Web 2.0 stuff. You know, Web 3 is just about how you feel and if people will vote for it's you really using their utility tokens. It's about the vibes. That's mm-hmm. right. The vibe yeah, economy. fact checking, what am I, Lib Dem? Come on. Our 2023 report aims to address the imbalance between the noise of fleeting price movements, such as the gigantic slide downwards, and the data that tracks the signals that matter. Listen, if, if you
1: average it out, like 1929, a pretty decent year for the US economy. Like, okay, there's some like variation if you get granular with it. But on average,
0: it's fine. Yeah, the combined annual yeah. growth rate from 1773 to 1929, is still pretty good.
3: You just make the uh, arrow keep pointing up, even though the graph data takes a very strong turn towards the uh, bottom
0: of the chart. I, I actually, mm. there are a few slides in, the, in here that do do that. Yes. And I spent a while <laughs> looking at them being like, well, how, wait, what am I missing here? And I realized I wasn't missing anything.
3: They have a chart towards the beginning where they have just like the general Bitcoin price over time. And then they start an arrow that appears to go back to like, 2000 maybe and they just sort of like uh skip it off the top of the bitcoin price at like November 2021 and it just keeps going in that trajectory even as you can see the chart behind the scenes start to just take an absolute tank
0: <laughs> I, I was gonna say I mean who do they expect to be fooled by this stuff but then you remember that this is an entirely self-referential economy and it doesn't really matter what you what you're saying so long as you're continuing to be out there saying stuff like so mm-hmm. long as you're publishing a state of crypto report like you can maybe ju- all you need to do is survive one more day which means getting a few more people to put money into your thing so you can get exit liquidity that's the game now yes yeah as you can see if you chart the
2: price of bitcoin since the trojan war in the 1580s bc to now
0: there is a clear and steady trend <laughs> that sure is one so uh, they say it reflects a healthier industry than market prices may indicate, and a steady cycle of development, product launches, and ongoing innovation. But again, but like ongoing market innovation, price is
1: like the one thing we've kind of developed to assess and use to assess all market health,
0: and also that the innovation is still stuff like crypto GPT, uh huh, right? The the things where the innovation is like, yeah, it's a way to get money from venture capitalists. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, So that's a form of innovation. So Mm -hmm. they say there's progress because new builders are entering Web3 at a record pace. There are setbacks. They say noise drowned out signal with negative events dominating headlines. So that's right. Anything bad, that's noise. Good stuff, that's signal. That's how you can tell. Noisy means bad (laughs) and signal means good. Uh, That's what I understand. Market cycles. The price innovation cycle we previously observed continues today. That just reminds me of like... In the Coinbase documentary, because it came out after, um, as crypto was becoming very, let's say, a bad investment, uh, they they had to have a guy come in to sit Brian Armstrong down and be like, you know, when crypto crashes, it just gets cheaper and then more people take advantage of the lower price and it goes back up again. That's the market cycle.
1: Yeah, I remember that guy. He had, like, an economist in to explain that, like, every time it, like, bounces back more. So this is, it's got to be a big bounce coming, right?
3: (laughs) That's the impressive thing about crypto is that everything is good for crypto. Like, every single development is great news for crypto.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What a great technology. Everything's good for it. It's
0: impossible
1: to regulate. Crypto crash, great for
2: crypto, says Andreessen Horowitz.
0: Wow, it's almost like some kind of uh, some kind of a wonder technology. Kind of snake oil, you know. Uh, <laughs> they say, we believe recent setbacks underscore the failure of opaque centralized systems, in contrast mm. the resilience of decentralized infrastructure. Which, again, is very funny because they say, you know, you know how ev- it's impossible to scale anything on a blockchain because, like, Bitcoin is a global payment system. It takes 10 minutes to buy a donut. We've solved that. With something called uh, zero knowledge layer two proofs, which, considering the that they're still talking about how incredibly valuable decentralization is, I think is fucking hilarious that they bring that up in the same report. Molly, just do you want to quickly pricey like for our audience what is zero knowledge layer two proof is because it is very funny in this context how it works.
3: Yeah, so they're talking about layer two scaling solutions, which are basically a network that is built atop the layer one network, which in this case would be something like Ethereum or Bitcoin. Uh, and basically, many of the transactions are taken off chain and they happen on that separate network, which is and then eventually are rolled up to the initial network. So you don't necessarily have to do all of the processing via you know, the Ethereum or the Bitcoin Uh, transactions, which are very expensive and slow and difficult to scale, you just do them somewhere else and then sort of publish the summary back to the chain. And one way of doing that is using something called zero-knowledge proofs, but there are other ways of doing it. There's optimistic roll-ups and and various things like that. Um, But all of them basically involve just sort of doing the transactions somewhere else on this other chain And then bringing them back to the initial chain. Um, And all of them are incredibly centralized at this point. That is one defining feature of layer twos is that they're all just sort of a bunch of guys (laughs) running their uh, servers and their new networks and promising that at some point in the future, maybe we hope they will make them decentralized. Uh, But this is all great for crypto and decentralization, apparently.
0: It's, a, it's what they appear to have done is not content with inventing reserve banking, not content with invent with sort of inventing the Federal Reserve, not content with inventing banks, standard kinds of lending, not content with showing the need for basic financial regulation for, from first principles. They have now created Visa. Cool. They have now created a centralized payment processor to overcome the fact that a giant decentralized computer doesn't work because the information still has to travel between the fucking nodes. Well, yeah, are supposed kind of you the need theme. a visa or a mastercard
3: <laughs> there's kind of a theme in the crypto industry where they invented this blockchain this you know technology that is supposedly going to be the future of everything and then basically every development since has been them trying desperately to overcome the shortcomings that they have introduced themselves by choosing to use a blockchain so you know everything since then has been to try to deal with oh god it's so slow or oh god it's so expensive uh, and it's like, man, if only there was some way to solve this huge drawback from this technology that we've chosen. <laughs> well, it's it's one of the well, reasons we're back to why- Elon
2: Musk again. It's exactly what he's doing with Twitter. He's just like pulling out all the Jenga blocks and then being like, hmm, need to put some of these back in. <laughs>
3: I did see well, someone like, unironically suggest that the SEC needed the Twitter treatment that uh, Elon Musk had applied to it, and I was like, "Oh, good, yes, that was a they're great idea." Get
1: kicked out of their offices for
0: not making rent. <laughs> yeah, it's now it's now impossible to commit a crime in Doge. Everything's <laughs> legal in Doge. <laughs> Um, mm, yeah, but right. this is Petrols. what, I, what I always strikes me about the anytime the crypto people are dragged kicking and screaming into another element of the global financial infrastructure is that the whole thing is based on this individualist fantasy of exit. I mean, mm. exit is something that also like Balaji talks about a huge amount in his book on network states, which is that the only way you can truly be free in a society with other people is if you have the right to exit anything at any time to just walk away the share zone, just walk out. <laughs> you can leave. Yeah, and you know if you're rich, then you're you're fantasizing about just walking away from every institution that you don't like because of its institutionness because it makes you live with other people. And yeah, so the, the
2: share zone, but it's becoming the stock zone.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and so in this case, right, you're like the whole point of Bitcoin was well, look, there is this global medium of exchange and you could say there's a global medium of exchange that is basically driving the planet towards extinction you know with like you know financing of oil and and, or this that and the other right all of the things that the global financial system does they look at it and say the problem with it is that it's institutional that's the issue not if if Mm. only it could do all these things or it wouldn't do them if everybody sort of had some kind of equal vote and the only way they can conceive of that of that kind of power is if they, and the sort of the more civically minded ones, everyone else, has the ability to walk out on anything at any time.
2: Sure. Uh, it's amazing, really, that a bunch of people have actually managed to come up with a far, far worse for everyone use case for cryptocurrency than the original use case of buying hit, hit men, uh, child pornography and hard drugs on the Internet. <laughs>
0: well uh, milo i'll have you know that this is from the presentation web3 is more than a financial movement it's an evolution of the internet blockchains are more than ledgers Uh they are computers they are not computers crypto isn't just a new financial system it's a new computing platform except of course it absolutely fucking is not no the computers are the same i haven't changed my computer they're lying
1: molly Molly, how do you sneaking in and like putting bitcoin in your computer
0: so like here's my my question for you, Molly, as well. How do you react to any time someone says, oh, it's just you have to think of computers differently? You have to think of this as a distributed world computer. Some <laughs> kind of you know weltgeist, but you know, rendered in ape.
3: Well, the convenient thing about words is that if you just change what they mean, anything can be true. And that is, I think, kind of the uh, strategy here. I've oh, been
2: reading Wittgenstein, I see.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like you know, if they just say it's it's kind of like what happens with AI, where uh, people will talk about how AI is sentient or it has you know human level of intelligence, and what they're really doing is just completely changing their uh, beliefs about what sentience is or about what humans do. It's kind of like that with the internet or the computer. You know, they're saying, "Oh, this, you know, this new technology is like a, a whole new computer or it's like the internet all over again." It's like I guess if you very much simplify how you define a computer or if you completely ignore the sort of historical development of the internet, then I guess that's kind of true in a way. But when it when you just say it as sort of like a catchphrase and you don't give all of the asterisks. It it means something totally different.
0: Because they talk about they talk about blockchains as things that you can run programs on. But again, you're not really doing that. You're running it on computers. You're just you're just settling transactions between them on a blockchain.
3: Yeah, what they're trying to refer to is that the Ethereum network, for example, could be sort of the computing substrate. You know, it could be like the state machine. Um, but the problem is that that actually doesn't work very well. <laughs> and that, you know, there that is sort of the like ideological end goal where you have this uh, state machine that is shared and that nobody actually has to pay for. Um, But at the moment, you end up with you or you currently have a network that falls apart anytime someone launches like a half interesting Web3 game.
0: (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to go through a few of the slides as well here. So we've one slide we've been referring to a few times, which is the if you start counting from Middle Kingdom, Egypt, crypto actually has grown quite a bit that that's one and it has again the arrow pointing up as the graph points down which is like you, the follow the birdie trick doesn't work if it's stationary and on a page like it has to be <laughs> But moving. if you make
3: the text a little bit wider over where the bitcoin price starts to go down then you really do have some uh potential there that's what they've done on one of the graphs
0: <laughs> hey they they put mark Andreessen's thumb over half of this <laughs> um so oh, wait also, no, it's just his head sorry well it it does look quite a bit like his head. uh no one of the others very funny ones is interest, which is measured in social media activity, which th- what all that all that's measuring is just like bots It's measuring bots Num- doing number scams. of tweets
1: but the tweets are just like uh you know, buy crypto in reply to Elon Musk or uh like covering the latest thing in crypto that's just imploded.
3: Yeah, that's kind of the the theme behind the new metrics that they've decided we all should be using instead of the price ones is that they're all incredibly easily gamed uh, and also pretty much completely uh, useless measurements of the thing that they're saying it's trying to represent. So like the idea that social media activity actually, you know, adequately represents interest, I think is maybe worth questioning. They also use things like GitHub stars to represent developer interest, which is like, I don't know when the last time I starred something on GitHub was.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I re-gitted it. I re-truthed this, uh, this code base on GitHub. I also, I just <laughs> like that if you don't look at, this, at, the, at the footnote, they just say new ideas and then new ideas... Is on a graph from 500,000 to 1.5 million, and the trend is up.
3: You'll also notice that the middle number there is actually wrong. It goes from 500,000 to 15, or to 1.5 million to 1.5 million again. So (gasps) they kind of forgot to copy (laughs) it.
0: There's a there's some kind of irrational parabolic number of new ideas in <laughs> cryptocurrency. I
3: assume it's a typo and not some crazy attempt at gaming the graph, but you never know.
1: We've got to stop these people having ideas; they're having too many.
0: Yeah, there there are
1: so many new ideas. If we we tried to count all of the ideas in crypto, if you chart
2: the number of ideas from Middle Kingdom Egypt to now,
1: <laughs> yeah, back then they only had one idea, which is build pyramid. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty much the same idea they're having now. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they also say Web3 counterbalances the trend toward Internet consolidation, which again, like to make it work, you have to consolidate it a huge amount. Need I remind you that the only reason Axie Infinity was playable is because it was so small as to be easily hacked. Hmm. Uh, They say three companies now generate a third of all global web traffic, Google, Facebook and Twitter. And five companies represent 50% of the, of the NASDAQ 100's total market cap. And they say with Web3, blockchain... Now, without using any numbers, they just say, blockchains transfer control from centralized entities to decentralized communities. Don't look at the VCs who funded all the previous ones. are now funding these. Ignore who those are. It was different guys back then.
3: Yeah, it wasn't us specifically. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about these state of crypto reports that Andreessen Horowitz does is they spend a lot of time absolutely dragging companies that they themselves helped to fund and in some, case, in some cases are still invested in. Like They are really, really tough on these Web2 companies, despite the fact that without Andreessen Horowitz, I think a lot of Web2 might not even exist.
0: Yeah, it's like, without Facebook, Mark Andreessen would not be able to afford his, like, Swedish-made head sharpener. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, we we didn't fund any of this stuff. What Owen Colfer does with the
2: proceeds of the Artemis Fowl books is up to him.
0: (laughs) So, also, there's a really funny slide that I enjoy. Web3 advances the internet, not through crypto crypto computers, not crypto casinos. Uh, Casinos, of course, which has a big eh, X mark next to it, says, financial speculation trust in management, opaque operations and fragile that's what anytime I think about a casino I'm like you know who's a trustworthy guy the pit boss I love him my favorite friend the blackjack dealer who I trust with my life um and he tells you when you get to 21 he's a reliable person. Well, that is kind of the complaint, right? Which is, look, you have to trust that the cas- that the black tech dealer tells you when you get to 21, as opposed to computers, which are the opposite of casinos and have a little tick mark beside them, which instead of financial no, speculation so have tech innovation. Who wouldn't trust their computer? You know, and are resilient instead of fragile. You know how they're... Um, blockchains are never failing or being easily scammed how web 3 is going just great isn't an ironic title for a blog you know that kind of <laughs> well, thing we all remember that famous tweet all my apes still there yeah although i keep saying these are my fa- i love all of these slides they're like my own it's, dear children. honestly
3: for a 60 slide <laughs> spreadsheet it or a slideshow it is impressively high quality each slide is like a masterpiece <laughs>
0: Yeah, every slide of painting. Um, it, no, Not a single filler song here. It's, <laughs> it's banger after banger. Yeah, AI Drake coming in with the bangers. <laughs> so one of my favorite ones uh, was, NFT creators have earned more than $1.9 billion in royalty revenues, which at the start of 2021 is like a little half a penny compared to the Burj Khalifa height of NFT creators earning royalty revenues in 2022. And then very bravely they don't cut the graph off there <laughs> they show it going they show it go- resembling the price of tulips in the netherlands yeah that would have been,
3: that would have been a great chart to just cut <laughs> in like sort of late 2022
1: <laughs> I mean, the Burj Khalifa's got two sides, right? It's got to go up and down. Like, what's what? Do you, what are you complaining about? That's why it's impressive. If it was just up the whole time, it would just continue forever. It'd be very,
0: uh, be very frightening, existentially. I would say. Yeah,
3: like the price of crypto, won't they? Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, well, no, it's the Burj Khalifa goes in cycles. You ought to understand? Mm. Is as you go up, uh, yeah, it's you getting also like get, a, yeah. bi- a bigger Burj Khalifa. Well, actually, this is what they actually believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna keep getting bigger and bigger Burj Khalifas until the entire mm. world is a twenty-star hotel. Mm-hmm. it's going to be a great day for russians that that's vision 23 so yeah uh no it's the you know what that is that's a warhammer forty thousand hive city what's what that yeah. is the other uh, a few more I'll of these before we end yeah, a few more of these before we end one of my other ones i really enjoyed was web3 games are a huge opportunity to welcome new users to crypto and the only thing they can cite in the last year as a web3 game is dookie dash a, it's basically a Newgrounds flash game where bored apes run are running around getting bananas or something. Cool.
3: They're Fantastic. swimming through a sewer, actually. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's the one. Yeah.
3: Yes. And they also, for some reason, decide to use the number of transactions or other transfer events as the metric for how good, I guess, games are. But ignore the fact that the spikes that they're showing, like the huge spike in transactions that coincided with the other side NFT release, absolutely killed the Ethereum blockchain. I I remember during that period of time watching someone pay several thousand dollars in gas fees to buy an NFT that cost like $200. It was like not the most incredible moment
0: for Ethereum. Also, it's like, yeah, that, that's how you measure if something is high quality art is how many transactions have been involved in it. Hmm. Right. Because, again, I think it's if you have no theory of mind, right, if you, really do, if you don't fully believe that other people exist, if you're not able to access any kind of empathy, then yeah, what's going to happen is you are only going to be able to see these things in terms of numbers going up, in terms of bigness. In terms of just oh well, I know this is good because many people made the choice to transact within it. Not least to, to remember, like in Axie Infinity, most of the people playing were playing because they had like coercive wage jobs to play it. It doesn't mean it's a good game. It just means it was right. a site of exploitation for people in Malaysia.
2: Massive in the Philippines, this game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> or oh, excuse, I think it was the Philippines actually. Excuse it me, it was the yeah, Philippines, not Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um, And, you know, they they also the other another couple of funny things as well is like, look, not only that, but participation in DAOs is growing Uh, where, you know, people are like, yeah, wow, I love being part of a distributed autonomous organization, controlling a voting share of what is legally a a limited corporation. I wouldn't imagine that. I don't know, uh, uh, binds me in any way. it doesn't obligate me to do anything. No, no, no. I just vote on what color I think the shoes should be. And then I have, uh, I'm not exposed to any kind of liability, for example. <laughs> uh, to, to be clear, they are. Uh, they're, they're. Yeah,
3: they absolutely are.
0: <laughs> if if you are owning a piece of a DAO, uh, there is legal precedent that you are liable for what the company that you are a sort of director of does. So uh, good luck. Uh, I hope you had fun investing because you have some responsibilities there, Bucko.
3: I just love the slide that says web three is experimenting with novel forms of community governance. And then it has a whole box about how DAOs are finally figuring out how to become a legal entity and can fulfill their tax obligations. And it's like, Oh my God, what a novel form of governance. <laughs> like we've done it. We figured out how to form an LLC.
0: <laughs> it's revolutionary. <laughs> um. So, so uh, the last slide before we, uh, before we get sort of uh, hit the old dusty trail, or second last one rather, is the world's biggest brands are exploring Web three, beginning with NFTs, including Starbucks, Tiffany and Co, Budweiser, DraftKings, Reddit, Nike, Nickelodeon, Time, Adidas, Porsche, Gucci, Louis Vuitton. What do uh, all of these soy
1: companies uh, have at some point said in the last like two years that they're doing NFTs and then all quietly dropped them?
2: oh yeah like yeah uh, look, if you get an an nft of Budweiser, you can't shoot that so that's pretty good for
1: that
0: yeah you just end up sh- like well, the person who's the crossover between the gun nut and the uh and and the web3 guy just ends up just machine gunning his own macbook because it's got a bud light on it yeah um, yeah like israeli border security <laughs> so the starbucks starbucks for example right like there's not a liquid market for its virtual coffees anymore like that doesn't that doesn't exist porsche couldn't sell any of its nfts no one actually bought these because they were made by customer facing marketing departments fucking like no actual valuable company was experimenting with nfts or, or rather no no big company was experimenting with nfts in a way that was meaningful to its business outside of an ad campaign chevron wasn't using fucking nfts for example
2: yeah it's pretty it's pretty damning i mean that because porsche guys will buy anything Like, the amount of, like, key rings and jackets that they own.
1: Gucci guys will buy anything. Yeah.
2: If they won't even buy an NFT, you're fucked.
3: My favorite thing about- Or my favorite company on this slide is Reddit because they went to such great lengths to try to hide the fact that the things that they were- trying to sell to people were nfts like they came up with a whole they were like no 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 no. they're digital collectibles and they like basically were like don't don't worry too much about what it actually is because we know you'll hate it (laughs) don't
2: worry too much about the fungibility of this asset
0: Uh, so uh finally what we're expecting for 2023 and beyond, some of the most iconic Web3 products will be built during financial downturns in crypto. That's right, any day now, some genius is going to figure out a way to finally come up with a use for all of this inf- digital infrastructure we built. They say smart contract security will improve as people adopt t- adopt techniques like form of ver- formal verification and symbolic testing. Designer adoption of zero knowledge tech will ex- developer adoption, excuse me, of zero knowledge tech will accelerate. Which means, yes, that's just centralization. The internet will continue consolidating into big tech, underscoring the importance of Web3. So everyone is going to continue moving away from our thing and onto things we don't like. On-chain games will rise in popularity, to which I would say, yeah, from where they are now, uh, if they're going to move at all, it would probably have to be a rise. Uh, Mm -hmm. And there will be further advancement in hardware optimized for zero-knowledge proofs. Concerns about social media giants will heighten, highlighting the need for decentralized social networks. Ask me how Mastodon's going, you know uh good i assume yeah um you know it's again just imagining like yes people will people will make the rational choice to you know go where their data is valuable or whatever but you also have to pay 25 cents to like you know retweet something
3: and also you can't take down spam because there is no moderation
2: yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely no mods finally i mean look mastodon has got all the most annoying people from twitter it must be going well (laughs)
0: Uh, Governments will pass Bipartisan crypto regulation As block space becomes more affordable Non-speculative uses of tokens Will proliferate That's my favorite one And the one we're going to end on Yes, that's right We're
1: finally going to find A real use for this At long last
0: (gasps) One day a real use is going to come And wash away all the speculation (sighs)
3: Yeah, that's one thing that's really remarkable to me is their claims around block space. And they also keep in, in the podcast that I was listening to, they sort of go on about how transaction fees are going to get so cheap. And like they sort of ignore the fact that there are blockchains out there that have really cheap transaction fees and they are impossible to use because they get spammed so hard <laughs> that because there is no monetary incentive not to do it. And so I was like, I don't understand why they assume that they're, you know, this time it will be different because it is our special blockchain.
2: <laughs>
0: that's well, you know what? Every blockchain is special to me. Um, <laughs> so I think that that's about I can close the big dusty tome uh, that Andreessen Horowitz sends all of its annual reports to me in, and, uh, and say once again to Molly, thank you very much for coming on and hanging out with us today. It has been a delight. Thanks for having me. And thank you to all our listeners out there in podcast land. And to say, don't forget, we have a Patreon. It is $5 a month. You can get a second episode every week. That also includes bonus episodes like Britonology and Alice in my uh, series where we read books called Writtenology uh, and other various it's not things. not derivative, folks. <laughs> it's not derivative. We came up with it independently. It's coincidental. <laughs> That's right. For a mere fraction of an ape, you can get all of this. We have a Twitch stream mm-hmm. on Thursdays and Mondays from nine to eleven British time, which Alice and I are currently fifteen minutes late for. Mm-hmm. Milo, he's in Australia. You should go see his comedy. It's at his website, which will be linked in the description. Yeah. I have a I have a special. You can it's just
2: kind of like an NFT in a way. You can log on to the internet and you can view it with your computer, which is my understanding of what the blockchain is.
3: Mm.
0: Uh, you can contribute to YouTube's Burj Khalifa of electricity compared to Ethereum's half penny. Where you can Uh, take a break from
2: watching Mr. Beast and uh,
0: go and watch that. Check out his special. I promise he is more awake in it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And that newsletter again for Molly is newsletter.mollywhite.net. So do check that out. Anyways, I think that's all from us. And we will see you in a couple of days in the bonus. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.